there is an epidemic of men burning out or blowing up their lives and marriages, and it begins with being lulled into passivity and codependence that slowly kills the masculine soul. In today's episode, we're going to unpack this and show you why becoming an untamable man is the best thing you can do for your marriage. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Every couple wants to have a great marriage, but the trials and challenges of life pull us in different directions. But you can have a legendary marriage filled with passion, fun, and adventure together. That's why each week we share stories and ideas about building a life, a love, and a legacy together. And at the end of every episode, we challenge you to find a time with your spouse to build more intimacy and connection by having conversations that matter. Welcome to the show. This is episode 162, and we're your hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams. Hey, hey. Okay, so today we're talking about having an untamable man yeah. in your marriage. And honestly, to a lot of women, that can sound terrifying. Hey, to a lot of guys, it sounds terrifying. Well, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Like, we've worked hard to tame you, and now you're going to be How's un- that working out un- for you, babe? undoing all that work. It sounds yeah. counterproductive. Yeah. Yeah. There's, a, there's an instinct that's, that's like, okay, we get married, we have kids, settle down, like, get to the business of life and everything, and there's no... We, we don't need to be out wearing loin cloths and... Hiking the Whoa. mountains, trying to Are you really wrestle really? elk to the ground or something. <laughs> Are you really wanting to wear loincloths? Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't turn it down. Is that is that something? You really? Integrate that into our role play or something? No, I thought you. I was picturing <laughs> you out there with other men, and that you guys were all wearing loincloths. Hey, cloths. if you can think of something, people do it. Oh, uh, well, no, no, no. I, I just want to say, like, the idea that women have, like, our heart in it is not to crush your spirit in any way after we get married. Like, that's not our heart in it. But our heart in it is is coming from a good place. Like, trust me. I just want to know that I have a partner in this marriage and family thing. I want to know that you've got my back and I've got your back. And you're not going to ignore us. You're not going to leave us. You're not going to abandon us. You're like... In the trenches with us. What it really comes down to, folks, uh, before we dive too far into this, is um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to borrow a phrase from one of my favorite authors. He says that uh, John Eldridge, in, in a great book called Wild at Heart, which everybody should read, uh, says, masculinity, men have been under assault for years. Hmm. And if men, to finish the quote, and if okay. men have been under assault if masculinity has been under assault, femininity has been brutalized. Okay, thank you for finishing that yeah. statement. <laughs> and and the fact of like, the matter is... Oh, you white man, you have it so yeah. hard. Ooh. Well, everybody's got it hard. I, I mean, here, here's the deal. Everybody faces their own unique things. Be kind for you don't know what kind of battle everybody's facing. True. Um, both are true. Right. There is there is something in the world that says men are bad. Masculinity is bad, and it's not. Um, the fact is, we've we've really messed up what we understand healthy masculinity to be, and then we start using terms like healthy masculinity and toxic masculinity and whatever. Well, I think it and, has to do with like maybe like an overcorrection, sure. because because women, as we're like finding our voice more and more and more, like. The the thing where I think it goes a little wrong is like for us to be empowered as women, you have to be smaller. Like mm. men have to be smaller and take up less, you know, power and strength and authority for us to have power, yeah. strength and authority. And the truth is both of us can be strong. And how about we have a really strong marriage if we have two strong people? Yeah. Wouldn't that be a lovely thought? Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I know as women, like we can fall into that mindset of like, for me to be strong, 
Well, as you people, have to be we smaller. do that. Yeah. As people, we do that. For me to win, you have to lose. Oh, yeah. And like, it's, it's, a, it's a dynamic that, in business that plays out or in wherever, business, yeah. in marriage, and it, it does not work very well, especially on a team. Whether your team is you and your spouse or you and the five people that you work with in your software development company or whatever it is. For me to win, you have to lose. That win-lose mindset will cause everybody to lose every time. And I just want to confess this to our listeners. You and I, we have a hard time with this because <laughs> we both like to be powerful and in strong and in authority. Like you and I both want, yeah. love that place. We're both strong people and I'd we rather, have a I'd strong marriage. I'd rather have the power... Uh, struggle than the um, one's dominant and one's the weak. lifeless of going along to get along because well, it just means it just means one person has their soul is just the the fire is going out sparked by irreplaceable spark. Well, here's the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is you are like a motorcycle rider, a mountain climber. Uh, you do have a wild heart. You talked yeah. about your favorite book, Wild at Heart. Like that is you. Yeah. And that's what I was attracted to in the beginning well, yeah. when I, you know, was we were dating and we got engaged and we got married. Like all those things were very like, ooh, that's sexy. And then this is just something natural that comes up is like when you start to quote settle down, you know, you're very concerned that your husband is a motorcycle rider and you don't want him to leave you, you once know, the kids a widow. Come, that's done. Once the, once we get to this stage, that's, that's gone. And then the next thing and the next thing, and eventually you get to this place where you go, wait, what happened to the guy I used to know? Or what happened to yeah. the woman I used to know? We'll talk about that next week more. Um, but what happened to uh, like yeah, we you've keep, changed? Yeah, we keep. Well, yeah, we we we've tried to. Sure, you can change. I mean, of course, everybody changes. Hopefully, you're getting for the better. Yeah. But the truth is, yeah, like you said, like little things drop off here, um, and then where is an acceptable place for you to put your strength and put your energy? And, you know, you start putting it into work, and you start putting it into maybe it's you know, a group at church or a nonprofit or whatever it is, or just your family. Mm -hmm. And then you just put it in those acceptable places that we've decided are acceptable for you. Yeah. Not necessarily the things that make you come alive, mm -hmm. but the places that are acceptable. Uh, let's be honest, according to me. <laughs> oh, and you too, because you're going along. So, so <laughs> the, uh, bear with us in this episode. Like we're going to say some things that at, at first might, might hit you funny. You might go, Ooh, I don't like that. But I want the, the purpose of this show is always to inspire and challenge you to have conversations that matter with your spouse. Yeah. So you and can we'll give you plenty of fodder today. And there's going to be plenty of that, <laughs> but uh, I just want you to encourage you to listen through. Don't, don't, you don't have to agree or disagree with anything. Um, but let it, let it ignite thought and conversation for you. And see where you stand in it. Um, so so I want to back up a second and talk about that power dynamic, the, the dominant, submissive kind of a dynamic yeah, and things yeah. like that. Um, and we talked about we want both of us to be strong. To be clear, we believe and operate in an egalitarian uh, style of relationship. Translate, please. Uh, equal. <laughs> we are equal partners right, right, in right. the marriage, in the family, whatever. I want your best. You want my best. Right. Um, as opposed to a complementarian kind of a, of a model where it's one person is the dominant leader and the other is the follower. Okay. Right. Right. Um, th and that's our style. That's our, that's, that's, that's our style. That's how over years of coaching and research and, and doing it, that's the, the kind of baseline model that we believe is most effective for creating a life, a love, and a legacy together, for building a, a legendary marriage. Mm -hmm. So you can agree or disagree. That's fine. It's a great point to talk about with your spouse. <laughs> <laughs> Take it or leave it, people. Um, so we, we're talking today about this idea of, of becoming an untamable man and why that's a good thing. And, and I want to I offer a couple disclaimers. Right. Okay. 
untamable uh, doesn't mean being an asshole. No, 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 no. Okay. So if, if, if that's the thing that's coming up. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. That's, you're, you're on the wrong track. No. <laughs> Back it up and switch tracks. No, but we're, there is a problem that, that you're knowing, uh, that you're recognizing here. And that is that men have become, I would say, domesticated. Yeah. What, and and we, we're going to say domesticated, and that may be very offensive to you, and it may be offensive to the word. It may be, <laughs> you I, may not care, may not even hit your register. So our goal here is not to demonize anybody or anything. Sure. We're just trying to create some delineations, some some distinctions so that we can talk about this this idea, all right? A domesticated man. Yeah. So what is, is that? The nice guy, right? Oh, the nice guy. And there's nothing wrong with being a nice guy. You can be nice, kind, loving. Absolutely. Um, and it's also the passive guy. Mm. Men are created to be active. Mm. Not just physically. Okay. But we're we're created to engage in the world. What do you mean by passive? Like passive, the going along to getting get along, like not bringing up issues, not, not or... bringing up things like oh oh no, it's not a big deal. I'm just gonna. Th- the more we bury that stuff, okay. The more uh, the smaller we're, a game we're playing in life. Does it actually have to do with your physical body too at all? Like passive versus active. Oh, Does sure. Does have anything to do with it? <laughs> I could go. I could go on forever about <laughs> sitting here at the desk versus being moving around. <laughs> okay, tell our listeners your honest confession that you bring up to me probably three times a week about sitting in this office with a computer that you're typing at. I, I don't know. Oh my uh, gosh, what? Justin. So every, well, you've set up this thing like I'm supposed to reveal you some say it, thing like, like every, I'm an alien peels back the face. That would make a lot of sense, honestly. <laughs> no, but every day he says, I just need a laptop and a hammock and one of those little like fold up camp chairs that I can fit in my day pack. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to go down to the river and I'm going to take all my calls and do all my work from down there. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to work in this office at all. I'll go down ah. there. I'll go down there every day and do my work. I'm for, I'm over these four. I don't walls. know why I have to sound so juvenile in your impression of me, but anyway, moving right along. But seriously, you say that all the time. The the domesticated, the the tamed man, is you know plays the nice guy, like overly plays that goes along to gets along, um, and it comes from a good place, right? It comes from an effort to to get along, to create unity and harmony, to to love the family well, right. to love a spouse or a family well, um, to to be amenable. I think I said that right. Amenable, agreeable, whatever. <laughs> Something. Um, or the other side is it's it's the the role is get put your head down, get it done, go after things at work. You're driven to succeed in order to provide value to the family sure. to, to create that sense of accomplishment. Men are hardwired for accomplishment. Yeah. Yes. We do want a parade for putting dishes in the dishwasher. Yes. Um, so, so there's a couple ways of thinking about that domestication. None of it's wrong, but a man is made for the wild. In the biblical story, Adam is created yeah. in the wild. Yeah, yeah. And roams the earth. Right. He's like naming before animals. Before he winds up in the garden with Eve. Right. He's naming um, animals and trees and plants and all And, and really what it comes down to is this. When you got married, you got married to somebody because you wanted more of them. Right? More than the, the occasional date or, or you know... a a trip to Pittsburgh or whatever it was. Ah, You wanted more. You wanted everything that person had to offer. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about today. We're like a little sponge for each other. Um, so a couple things happen. The domestication starts to, starts to happen. It's a, it's a, it's a cultural 
thing that's yeah. just in the system that we it's all start normal. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is, guys, we just get crushed by the pressures and challenges of life. Trying to trying to find a fit in the in the business world or in in the work world, trying to navigate the insecurities of a man's heart, which always boil down to some version of, do I have what it takes? Am I really a man? Do I have what it takes to win at work, to woo the woman, to raise the kids, to be a great father, husband, and so on? Do I have what it takes? And I think you make a really good point there. And then it's not a decision or a switch that you make. You're like, switch. Now I'm a domesticated married man and I'm going to not do anything that I ever did in the past. No, it it just happens. Like you said, you get really putting, you're putting all your energy into work. You get really stressed. And then what do you do when you stress? I know like a lot of times when I'm really stressed, I can, you know, withdraw you know, or do like escapism things like I'm watching movies or, you know, whatever. So playing a little smaller when you're stressed makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think about this. It it comes down to identity for me. Everything does. I think about, you know, 2004, 2005. I was uh, for a few years there. I was working in ministry in a church um, and it was everything. Right. Like it, w- it felt like calling, it felt like destiny, it felt like mission and purpose and fulfillment and, and it was rewarding and everything. And then when that ended, it was my whole, everything came out from underneath me. Right. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I had spent those years putting everything into putting it. everything into it and trying to create this normal life, mm. right? A normal life for us. Like we got married. I was work doing this work and we're trying to like create a house and start a family and, you know, get our financials in order and have like, have a decent car. Yeah. I mean, remember our first car that belched, that blew, burned as much oil as it did gas? Yeah. We had to put like a thing of oil in it every week, I think. I oh, think that was like daily. <laughs> daily. It was, I mean, it, that was, don't, oh my gosh. Don't call the EPA on us, yeah, please. Yeah, please. Um, and when that, that season broke, when that work ended, I didn't know who I was. My identity was wrapped up in my work. Right, right. Um, and, and that kind of was the catalyst for a midlife crisis at 30 years old. And I, and I like how you said that too. Is Which like, I hope it isn't my midlife. That means you're dying at 60. Ooh, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> um, I was just going to say too, I think that's a natural thing for a lot of men to like feel like your whole... I know ministry might feel a little bit different, but to feel like your whole like existence, your whole um, success, everything is wrapped up in the workplace. Yeah. And then when that gets ripped out from under you, you feel like you have nothing. Yeah. Like you're starting from square one. And so I feel like that's a very natural thing to feel like your work is that place. But the truth is it's not. No, no. And I mean, I spent 10 years and, way too much money figuring that out and, and, and finding this, this kind of a path to untamableness or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it, it's, it, it's, it's these, these natural patterns that start to happen, the domestication, the stress factor. Um, and we just keep driving, striving and driving, moving mm-hmm. forward. Um, and over time we just start shrinking you're and taking small, taking yeah. smaller risks and less risks and stop having adventures. Stop going out with friends. Stop playing the sports and start watching the sports. Stop um, creating. Mm. And it, it's all in this effort to provide safety and the security that, that women and children and a family needs. Mm-hmm. A sense of that. And it's good. It's noble. Yeah. To want to provide a good life for 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 our families. Um, but long, but the long game, it, it's, there's something in this that isn't working because when we look at, at the reality of, of life for couples, for men, mm-hmm. men are three and a half times more likely to commit suicide than women in our culture right now. Mm. Something isn't working here. 
It's a brand new year and everyone is setting goals and talking about their health and fitness and their careers and their finances. But what about your marriage and family? Yeah, what about us? If your resolution for 2020 is to reignite your marriage, then we've got the perfect place to start. Yes, you can grab our copy of The Seven Secrets of a Legendary Marriages Report at legendarymarriage.com slash seven secrets. That makes sense. We've been working with couples for a long time now, and we've taken the best practices, the habits and principles of healthy relationship dynamics, the core stuff we teach and coach couples about. These are the best principles, ideas, and tools in the world, and we've distilled them down to these seven core strategies that we guarantee will help you reignite the passion and intimacy and connection in your marriage today, right now, without trying to force your spouse to drink magic love potions or sit and talk (laughs) for endless hours at the counselor's office. Would you really try to poison me with love potion? I may or may not have. (laughs) (laughs) So if you don't want to suck at marriage, grab your copy now at legendarymarriage.com slash seven secrets. All right. Seriously, folks, this is the best resource if you're feeling frustrated and stuck and alone in your marriage. If you're ready to break out of the roommate zone and build more intimacy and connection, then it's time to grab your copy of The Seven Secrets of Legendary Marriages at legendarymarriage.com slash seven secrets. This message has been brought to you by <laughs> The Seven Secrets of Legendary Marriages free report. Get your copy today at legendarymarriage.com slash seven secrets. <laughs> <laughs> all right, back to the show. Half of all marriages end in divorce. Something isn't working here. Drug addiction, alcoholism, opioid epidemics. Something isn't working here, and it isn't because it's just there. It's because these are symptoms, these are reactions to dynamics that aren't working in marriage, to dynamics and and realities that aren't working for men and that aren't working for women. Yeah. So... What we're trying to talk about today is just is just create a conversation around this. And and like we have some ideas about what it means to become an untamable man and we're going to talk about that. But and, and I feel it, 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 it's 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 like culturally we've taken this this these expectations of what life is supposed to be like and we've placed it on top of um, all the realities of the differences between men and women, the way we're wired, the way we're shaped. Right. And so men are running around every day, like uh, trying to hold a beach ball underwater. And the beach ball is that wild heart, that desire for mm. adventure, to conquer, to tame, to accomplish, to achieve, to create, um, to live a life of meaning and impact. Mm. And we aren't connected to it. Yeah. We're shoveling the driveway and doing the grocery shopping and doing this and taking the kids here and there and doing that and going on date night and, and hustling our hearts out at work and everything. And somewhere in the middle of it, we're not connecting those things, those most important things to a man's heart with the realities of life. Blow up a marriage, blow up a family, blow up a career, go buy a sports car, bang the secretary, mm. whatever it is. They lash out with, with, um, with this, this desperate need to recapture, to build a life around that, that true heart. And they do it in unhealthy ways. Often. Yeah. The masculine wants that. They want the girls. They want the high. They want the, sure. all that stuff. But, and it doesn't actually fill the beach ball back up. <laughs> it doesn't actually lead to what we want. The second thing, so they blow it up or they end up burning out. Yeah, that's the like shrivelly one. The energy of holding that beach ball underneath the, the water for so long, just, just it, it, it's, like, it's like white knuckle driving through the night. And you're trying to stay awake and you're trying to stay, stay awake and you're trying to stay awake. And then all of a sudden you realize you are awake again. And you're like, how long was I not awake? Yeah. Holy crap. Was that a, was that a tenth of a second? And you, 
and the smart driver pulls over right yeah. before that happens. But what about the? Um, is that where you find where there's like withdrawal, depression, like yeah. escapism, a- that kind of a thing? That's the fruit of it, right? Addictions, sex addiction, pornography, drugs, alcohol, uh, food. Yeah, using it all to numb out. To to numb out, stop feeling it, to to disconnect from from that, in order to hold things together. They're trying to hold it together until the kids go off to college, until the thing happens, until this point, until we can retire, until we can get to this place. And, and I feel like this is all those things that you're all pointing to are all things that you don't make a conscious effort to do. You don't no. really know what's going on. It's just like you just kind of do it. Well, nobody nobody sets out one day and goes, you know what? I think I'm going to tank my life and my career and my marriage by spending 14 hours a day looking at porn. Probably not. No. I think this is going to be a winning strategy for me. <laughs> no. Like, nobody says that. Nobody says, you know what? I'm going to have, I'm going to spend the next year having one drink a night just to take the edge off. And then, you know, next year I'll move it up to four or five. And then after that... I'll just drink myself into oblivion starting at 7 a.m. Mm, no. Like nobody has that strategy. It's just the, the arms get tired of holding the beach ball underwater. Just the wear and tear of trying to be who you think that they think that they want you to be, whoever they are, yeah, is so exhausting. We can't win, and men are made to win. We're made to accomplish, achieve, conquer, complete and we can't find a way to do that we start trying to distract ourselves consciously or subconsciously or maybe you're sabotaging ourselves or and i think part of it too is like you're trying to find that high that comes with adventure like you know the addiction issues and porn and all that kind of thing it's like you are built for that high for that success for the conquer and all that and that kind of fills it in a weird shadowy not yeah. way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so this is this is this idea of the domesticated man is domestication is is where the seeds of discontent yeah are sown, mm-hmm. right? This is the the path that leads to what Thoreau calls a life of quiet desperation. Ugh. This all sounds Most very men lead lives of quiet desperation and die with the song still in them. Mm. That doesn't sound great. No, you don't want to die right? with the song. So we start to, we start to, a guy gets to this place where he goes, screw this. I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. Right. Or he comes to a point where he, there's some catalyst. He comes to a point where he's just had enough or you have a heart attack or something. He has yeah. a heart attack, wakes up, yeah. and then decides, okay, now I'm going to put my life together. Or, you know, he's on a business trip and has an opportunity to cheat. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is. Somebody slides another drink in front of him. So then they go looking for a structure, a formula for manhood, for for success, for repair, for recovery. Right. And there's plenty of them out there built on a lot of status markers. You have to have, uh, you have to work out every day. You have to get up at 4.30 in the morning. You have to have a giant beard or you have to, you know, <laughs> wear plaid or you have to, you know, have these kind of shoes or this kind have, of car yeah. or, or, measure your Johnson and make sure that it's at least this long, or you've got to take these pills to make it bigger or whatever. (laughs) Guys get obsessed about some way of, of measuring against that insecurity of, do I have what it takes? Am I enough? Am I big enough? Am I strong enough? Am I smart enough? Am I good looking enough? Is it enough? And I want to say as a woman, like, let me be very clear here. Let me be, I, I want to speak for 99% of women. Like wow. that is all, that is all about you. Okay. <laughs> I don't care how shiny your car is. 
how long your Johnson is. I mean, it has to be a certain length, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how long it is. As long as how as much long you can, how much you can bench, how much, you know, all those things are like pretty irrelevant to women. Well, like, I, I think it's, it, they're all fine things, yeah. but they're not the thing that, uh, that creates a, a man that awakens a man's heart and gives sure. him a life of meaning and impact. You know, there, there are so many real man myths. A real man, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. A real man drinks hard, screws often, <laughs> you know, fights tough, provides for his family, eats meat, um, eats swears meat. and curses like a sailor, drives fast or yeah. drives a truck or drives a BMW or drive whatever the car is or whatever the thing yeah, is or sure. rides a motorcycle or, you know, wears leather or... You know, whatever it is, um, these are all status markers. They're all marketing BS designed to manipulate you into buying crap you don't need and don't really want and won't fill the hole that you're trying to fill. Mm. <sighs> then there's the nice guy kind of thing that comes back around. Go along to get along. Be along. You know, go to church. Be like Jesus who was as much loving, gentle, joyful, kind as he was badass. True. People forget that. Um, <laughs> and I do settle, give up your sovereignty, your self governance, your, your authority, your autonomy in order to get along or get laid or keep the peace or avoid a conflict or whatever it is in work at home, with the kids, with friends, with the neighbors. I want to say, too, is I feel like some of those things, obviously you're trying to hurry up and fix something that you know is amiss. And you're like, mm -hmm. okay, if I get this certain car or if I, you know, bench press 500 pounds or whatever it is, you know, I'm going to fix it. And those are great things. But I want to say they can be a byproduct. Yes after you do the real work of becoming untamable. So let's say you really find out that your heart comes alive in the mountains and nature and all this stuff. And you take up, you know, four by fouring or jeeping or something like that. Okay. Well, if that's really what makes you tick and then you have to get a four by four or a Jeep to go along with it. Okay. Like that makes mm -hmm. sense. Or well, yes. And external things, activities, possessions, things like that sure. don't solve internal longings. No, that's what I'm saying is like, if you're solving the internal longing, there may be natural byproducts of that. Yeah, like if you're sure. like, okay, well I'm going to take, um, you know, I'm going to take up mountain climbing. Well, mm -hmm. guess what? You're going to become like, you're going to become super strong mm -hmm. and you're going to have this crazy upper body strength. And maybe now you can so, bench so, 500 so here's, pounds. I'm going to go back to the car thing. Cause this is present for me. Okay. All right. You want a car? Um, <laughs> no, the, the, the world would tell you if you're a manly man who likes manly mountain adventures and outdoors and everything, you need to drive a Jeep Wrangler. Yeah, sure. When you buy your Jeep Wrangler and it's in your driveway, then you'll be that man that you've always wanted to be. I don't know that that's true. That's but pretty much that. It is true. It is. Well, the oh, that's the that's the commercial. Sure, sure. That's sure. the commercial. The reality is, I want a Wrangler. Sure, yeah. I would nice. like I would like a nice little four door Wrangler. Doesn't have to be jacked up on eighty inch tires or anything. Mm. Um, but I would like to have that as a as a as a practical structure, an embodiment of who I already am. Yeah. I don't want it so that I become that person. I want it to ref as a reflection of who I already am. And how do you do that work? See, the, I feel like that's yeah. the really tricky question. So, so here's the thing. First it's easier of all, just to buy a Jeep. <laughs> we got to, we, we got we to, gotta, none of that stuff works. We got to get to the root, to the heart of what we're talking about here. Becoming an untamable man. An untamable man is rooted in his unique identity. He knows who he is, what has made him up, his, his experiences, the wiring, the wounding, the good, the bad, the ugly. He knows his core values and he lives by them. He has a clear personal mission. He knows his purpose in the mm, world mm -hmm. bigger than 
how he's what his job is or his role as a husband, father, brother, son, whatever. Yeah. He knows his purpose in the world. He is dangerous in the best way. He's the hero of his story. Right? He's the one who calls forth the best in others. He's resilient and wise. He's tenacious. He doesn't give up. He cannot be controlled, but chooses to submit to authority when it's honorable, noble, and right. An untamable man thinks for himself, stands with others, and fights for what he believes in. This is not a different way of talking about being an asshole. (laughs) It's not about blowing up your life. It's not about wearing crop top shirts like Rocky and Apollo running on the beach in Apollo 4. Like, is I'm, that just I'm your sorry. dream, it's honey? It's stuck in my head. I can't stop seeing it. I don't think anybody thinks that's the view of masculine. Maybe that's just you, honey. It, what you wear, your body, your beard. I mean, I your wouldn't mind that six pack abs that Apollo Creed had. I've I mean, got, I've got the six pack under here. Do you? Underneath, underneath some padding, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you do um, need a crop top. That'll inspire oh, you to God. go run on the beach. Right, so here's the thing. You, you want to become an untamable man. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no crop tops. I don't have, we don't have some, some product to offer you that'll make you an untamable man in just 90 days or something like that. Oh, we need no, to work on that. It's, it's, a much, it's a much bigger thing than that. Like, sorry, no, ma- no easy button, no magic pill. Um, you've got to figure out who you are. Like, it starts there with identity, knowing yourself, your identity, your values, your mission, your purpose. And that points you at the legacy you want to create. Legacy, like the impact you have, not how much money you leave for your kids, which is a great thing. You know, the money, property, accomplishments, things like that the achievements of life, that's, that's not legacy. Mm. That's nice. That's great. Leaving an inheritance for your children's children is a good and noble thing to work toward. That's the byproduct of doing the work. But it's the byproduct of doing the work. Like when you're gone, <laughs> that day when your family stands there and goes, see ya, um, what are the stories you want them to tell? What's the impact you want to have? That's legacy. Um, so, and it begins with knowing yourself, your identity, your mission, your values. So you can think for yourself (laughs) instead of buying into every marketing message and, and real man myth and everything else. Think for yourself critically. Who am I? What's important to me? What's the impact I want to have? Does this car, truck, clothing, beard, whatever it is, does it serve that? And again, I'm not knocking anybody who's got beards. I, I'm not. You knocking, have a beard. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm not really trying to throw stones at at anybody in the men's workspace, because I think there's room for all of those voices. Because they're all they are all pieces and perspectives of the journey. Mm-hmm. Um. So, women, what's your part? Okay, so I, I want to say that that all sounds amazing. And it, like you said, it does sound like the long journey. I mean, you do actually coach men on becoming untamable. So let's not, let's not say that there's no product because (laughs) if you're curious about it, you can't ask Justin about it for sure. Um, But no, there's no magic pill, but I want to say for women, um, let's be more acceptable acceptable, acceptable, accepting of who this man is before us and not even accepting, but just like calling forth the best in them and giving them space to um, maybe even like recreate that because some men would be totally clueless. If you're like, find out who you are, what you love, you know, all these things, maybe outside of work and family, they're like, I don't know. So, encourage them to have that time with guys or time out hiking on the trail by themselves or, you know, going to bike night or whatever the things are that they love to do and try and 
you know, find out about themselves and be curious about your man Mm -hmm. too. Like he may need your help in like helping to bring out those best things in him. So be curious about him. I think there's a shift that we have to make as women too, into trying to not make your man more like you so that you are two (laughs) like synonymous beings that are the same person with two heads. Like that's first of all, that's weird sci-fi crap. And um, like, (laughs) let's encourage him to be the best version of himself and call that out and be curious about him. He's not you. (laughs) I think you that yes i agree with you 100% and a, one distinction i want to want to make calling forth is very different from calling out oh yeah say more um calling forth is speaking encouragement it's going i love that you are this person this character this personality these traits these realities your strength your brilliance your your courage all of that I want more of that. Yeah. That's calling forth. Calling out is going, well, I had to ask you nine times to take out the trash. Are you a real man now? Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. That was pretty. Calling out is pointing at people's weaknesses, insecurities, failings, struggles, and reminding them of that. Calling forth is pointing at their strength, their brilliance, their, their glory, and calling that out. And pointing at that. Thank you. Thank you for making that distinction. That is important. And for those of you that are wanting to, uh, yeah, and just becoming a safe harbor, like mm, I'm yeah. the place where you can go where it's okay to A, not know who you are mm-hmm. and explore it and start to embrace it and live it. Like I'm that safe place yeah. for all that. Well, I, I think <laughs> the heart of a man, a big part of it is a warrior. Yeah, We go out and we fight the battle at work every day. We're fighting to provide, to protect for our, fam- our families, to, to lead well, to, to follow God if we're, if we're following God. Um, and to have that person, uh, to have a wife who is a safe harbor where mm-hmm. I can come and go, I-, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> to be able to admit that. Yeah. To say, I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm scared, I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. And I can help you if necessary, and, but it doesn't and have mean her I... go. That's great. And I see your brilliance, your strength, your glory, your, your courage, your tenacity and remind me of that. Yeah. Like that's a safe Harbor. That's awesome. And I just want to know for, for like our listeners that are like, yeah, I want to become an untamable man. How do we start to embrace more of that. I, I feel like part of it is just the perspective of seeing like everyday things yeah. as an adventure. Like you said, taking out the trash or doing laundry or whatever. And it's like, those are parts of reality. Like even yeah. if you're a nice guy or you're an untamable guy, the laundry and the trash needs to get taken and, and out. Being a nice guy, <laughs> being a nice guy and being an untamable man are not mutually exclusive things. Yeah. Can you still be kind and lovable? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Adventure, not just as a, I want to go on a, on a horseback riding trip from Utah to Alaska. And we're a six tank top with a six pack ass. Stop. <laughs> um, Yes, that's adventure. I want to go to the mountains. Yeah, do that. I, I, I want to go to the mountains and hang out with my friend Mike and hang off the side of a mountain again. You know, I want that's to defy death. Story. I, I want to defy death. I want to have that kind of adventure. And we're wired for that. We're created for that kind of adventure. I want you to defy death, but can you not actually die? Can we, can we, I can't guarantee anything. Can we draw the fine line there? I can't guarantee anything. Because that's where, as a woman, that strikes fear into the heart of sure. us. Yeah. Sure. We want you to come alive. Alive being the <laughs> operative word here. So, yeah, having some, some, some real adventure, but also having a perspective of adventure. Yeah. Right? Like feeding that, that wildness inside us, feeding that heart is it, with the idea of like, Okay, I'm going to make a game out of out of this. I'm going to I'm going to approach playing with the kids as an adventure mm. to connect with them, to enter their world, to to playing see Barbies, what that's baby. like. Playing Barbies. Uh, uh, I'm going to make grocery shopping an adventure. I'm going to see how fast I can ru- do it. I'm going to see how how you know how close to the 
to the actual receipt amount, I guess the total is. Whoa. We can we can play those play into those core values and create a sense of adventure in anything from changing diapers to emptying trash to grocery shopping to You're not so great with math, so I wouldn't advise the receipt game for you, honey. Bite me. Maybe something um, else might no. be a better option. Uh, and then like I said, actual adventures. Like Get out into the wild, whether the wild is a walk around the block at your lunch break because you work from home and you have call after call after call after meeting after meeting after meeting all day long. Sure. Find 10 minutes to put your shoes on and walk around the block once Uh, or get out on the trail hiking or go. uh, My next door neighbor, Vince, is a is a cyclist. Like every day I see him at some point during the day, he busts out and I see him zip out down the street, down to the trail or out on the street or whatever for a few minutes. Find time to get out into the wild. Like we are not made to sit behind plastic things and, and, and experience life through screens. Um, The adventure of personal growth, like read Mm. great books, listen to great podcasts, you know, consume ideas that inspire you to turn around and create from that. Mm. Um, and, and, and and this need for adventure, this is why one of the things I do with guys is we do these adventure coaching excursions. Right. Like uh, last fall, we, t- we took, uh, I took uh, 10, 10 people out on the Devil's River which is down on the border between Texas and Mexico. Sounds very untamable. And two hours from cell service and a $30,000 medical evac flight from a hospital. But nobody had to do that. Nobody had to do that. Good um, Lord. Like the only contact with the outside world is a, is a satellite phone that we only turn on in emergencies. I did not go on that trip. For four days down the, down the river kayaking and connecting and talking and processing and coaching and sitting around the campfire at night and having the most powerful, deep conversations you can ever imagine. Sharing the good, the bad, the ugly, and processing what it looks like to be untamable Mm. as leaders, as men, as women. Um, Getting out into the wild and and doing deep work there Mm. is a powerful way. And that's why we do the... The legendary marriage intensive, right? Like we take couples up to the mountains to have a shared adventure. You know, I, I think about when do we do the adventure and the work. I think it's when a we're up there, maybe. you know, yeah, we're doing this this deep work. We're 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 in a circle, and then just with your spouse, um, processing what it is that you've built so far, and where what you want to build next in your life uh, together. And then the next day, we're out on the trails. 15,000 feet in the mountains and it's, it's driving snow and we're in a Jeep where there's like 30 inches, three inches yeah, off the wheel I'm like 30, before you're going to roll down 5,000 feet of mountain Yeah, and on breakneck pass and you're like bouncing around and everything and everybody's laughing their fool heads off. Yeah. And then that night just seeing the couples um, holding hands and snuggling on the sofas and and just the connection that happens from a shared adventure. Yeah. So find a perspective of adventure. Get out and have some, do some deep work out there. Do Share some adventure with your spouse. Yeah. And that's the thing is we want to be in the adventure too. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't want to go on Devil's River and I don't want to be hanging off the mountain with you and Mike. You don't want to have to poop into a five gallon bucket with a bag in it and then carry, that, carry that bag in the canoe out. For pass. four days. That's a hard pass. Okay. So that's the beginning. And then it really comes down to a few questions, right? How, how do you embrace this idea of becoming untamable? Start with this question. When you're at your best, who are you? When you're at your best, who are you? What, and, and what if that version of you was given free reign mm. to build a life? What would that life look like? Like, start with those two questions. Ladies, ask your husband those questions tonight. Mm. Husbands, ask your wives those questions tonight. Um, that's where I want to leave it with that. Is that the talk about a segment of the show? That, that's the talk about you it. You did we'll it without in a minute. You did that without the no, cheesy it's, voice? No, it's not the technical talk about it segment. Oh. We're still going to wrap up and then we'll get to it. Oh, geez. Okay. 
But you know what? Why don't you include some more questions in the show notes if people are really ready to dive in a little bit deeper? Sure. Okay. Sure. So, like I said, at 30 years old, I kind of hit that point mm-hmm. where the the trying to be who I think that they thought that they wanted me to be in that moment. And it's, it, it's like trying to hit a moving target. <laughs> and it, it about ended me. Yeah. And when that job ended... I started lashing out with self-contempt and hatred and self-sabotage. I tried to blow up our marriage. Um, it, 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 it was, I am, I am always conscious that I am just a step or two away from, from that place. Mm-hmm. And so there are rhythms and practices and structures in my life now that I've discovered that I've, that I've practiced for 10 years or yeah. more yeah. Um, that uh, keep me in a healthy place, in a healthy perspective. So I'm able to be fully present with you, fully present with the kids, be uh, the husband, the father, the leader that I want to be. Um, yeah. So that's it. All right. Untamable, honey. I just want to say... I love you. You did all, you've done the work. You're still doing the work. Hmm. I, I should make a certificate for There's you. There's a lot of work. You to are do. untamable. Here, here's the thing. It, it is, it's a lifetime of work and it's, it's, it, it's holding on to finding what it is that that's behind it. Identity, mission, purpose, and holding on to that. Mm. And when, when you're centered in that stuff, it's so worth it. It's so much fun. Yeah. And it's so worth it. And the fruit of it is, uh, you know, being the husband, father, leader that you want to be, being, uh, having more intimacy and connection in our marriage, being more fully present, all of it. Okay. And so no matter if men, women, if you're listening to this together as a couple, I mean, everyone is trying to be a better version of themselves and trying to bring their best selves to their marriage. Um, and if we're talking about that, um, we want to make marriage and family central. What about uh, 2020? We make it a legendary marriage year. And yeah. you know what you can do to get a head start on that? What? Grab your copy of The Seven Secrets of Legendary Marriages. Ooh. Um, yeah, so we've been working with couples for a long time, and we've just taken those best practices, habits, and principles of healthy relationship dynamics. It's just the core stuff that we teach with our couples and individuals. Um, and, and we, we just, put it in this this nice, tight little package with actionable stuff that you can you can download it, read it, and apply and get some results today. Yeah, you're going like to reignite some passion, intimacy, connection. Um, we can get it in our marriage today. Seven Secrets. LegendaryMarriage.com slash seven, the number, secrets. All right, so... The talk and o- now, the talk about it segment of the show. Each week, we challenge you to set a time with your spouse to have a conversation that matters. You just didn't want to miss out on using your cheesy radio voice. Nope. All right. So even men, women, both of you, when you're at your best, who are you? Who are you? All right. Tackle that question. Um, and Justin's going to post a few more questions in the show notes if those untamable men are ready to dive in. So grab those seven secrets of legendary marriages at legendarymarriage.com slash seven secrets. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show so that we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. This is Daniel and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.